Hey, what's up, State Tuners? Are you looking for ways to skip the trip to the post office and dodge all that hectic holiday shopping traffic? Why not save time and money with Stamps.com? Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. It just makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. Save time and money this holiday season with Stamps.com. Sign up with the promo code POD for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code POD. Now here's the best Stay Tuned Sports Podcast. And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here. Back with our weekly uh, show here. About my opinions about Brian Kelly. No. Well, you know, we'll, we'll be talking a little bit of Notre Dame football here. But not about the douchebag Brian Kelly. Um, talking about the, the higher... Of our new head coach, which I was hoping to happen. If you guys listened to the show last week, you know who that was, who I wanted to have uh, hired as new head coach. Um, some Eagles talk. Minshew, uh, Gardner Minshew mania came in last Sunday during the Eagles game versus the Jets. But before we get into all that, <clears throat> excuse me. Hopefully everybody had a good weekend uh, this past weekend. I had a good weekend. Today's a good day. My uh, my puppy's first birthday. It's a pain in my ass, but hey, I wouldn't have it any other way than having it with him. But um, head over to staytunesports.net so that way you can follow all our social media accounts. You can see my my dog Lennon there. You know he's he's a Notre Dame fan, um, as well as our merchandise tab, which is up top there. Head over to also head over to uh, www.buymeacoffee.com/stsports. Just another avenue to show your support to the show and help, you know, better giveaways and, and, and other things that I could incorporate to get you guys involved as well. And don't forget, we still have the Stay Tuned Sports chat line, 612-STS-CHAT. Give that a call. You can tell me how bad I'm talking or how bad the shows are or how good I'm doing. Or how you feel about Brian Kelly. If, if I'll guarantee you this. If you guys were to call about any comments about Brian Kelly, I guarantee you, you will be on the show. So whether good or bad. Um, so that's all the plugs. Let's get into the show here. Uh, just like we start off every week, the boys from the NSRA League were back this past Friday for the Stay Tuned Sports Podcast Truck Series after the Thanksgiving break. Um, and... Pretty decent race, a little rough go at it. You know, the first eh, about quarter, maybe half of the race um, had three cautions in, in the beginning, which is kind of not normal for the guys. Um, they usually average about three to four cautions for a whole race, um, and for this race, they they actually ended up with six cautions, which really should only be five because I rewatched uh, the 
the race, which you can uh, head over to YouTube on 3YTV. Uh, they actually broadcast the, the races for us. And um, real bad net code, unfortunately, involving our state tuned sports truck driver, Matt Cherry. Uh, Adam, I think it was Adam da- uh, Dama, just like the net, whole net code thing was basically said that it felt like Adam Dama was going to eventually swing up and hit Matt Cherry. And it was a good, like, foot and a half, two foot between both trucks, and they just all of a sudden go boop and crash into the wall and spin out and stuff like that. So, I mean, really, I consider, like, five cautions that um, actually were warranted. You know, like I said, this one wasn't. But as far as uh, the race itself, (coughs) uh, Philip Scott won the poll. I've been talking about him for a couple weeks now, saying, you know, he seems like he's really coming on strong now. Um, And he actually won the race. So that, I I believe, was his first NSRA uh, win, you know, in, in this league and plus in the series. So that locks him into the, the chase, which starts in, uh, t- two weeks, two races. I, I know we got the Christmas break and the new year's break. So there's going to be a two week period there. We're not going to be racing. Um, which, you know, so basically they have the, the top eight locked in and with Matt Cherry being knocked out early in this race, actually has Matt Cherry, I believe, in 11th spot in points right now, which is on the outside looking in, because they're taking the top eight uh, winning racers and having two wild cards, uh, which will be point-related. And right now, uh, Matt Cherry is about just uh, about 21 points behind the 10th spot. Um, so these next two weeks, I, I think with especially Matt Cherry and uh, the 10th and the 9th place guys are going to be a little racy, I believe, because uh, Nathan Maurer, who is in 8th, has a pretty commanding lead on that part of it, you know, the, the lead, the point lead for that wild card spot. So this last spot is going to be very, very hard to uh, to get. Um which brings me to my three racers to watch for this coming Friday at Michigan, which you can watch over on YouTube, 3YTV, 9 o'clock Eastern. Um, my first one, obviously, Matt Cherry. Like I just said, he's 21 points behind the, the last spot for the chase. The last four ra- races, he really didn't finish the best. Um, and probably no... You know, probably not his fault. Um, you know, like I said, last last week he got wrecked out. I know the week before or the, the race before um, had another unfortunate incident which slowed him up and didn't have a great finish. He had a, a good start to the season and it just seems like he kind of plateaued here. So hopefully he could, you know, get this race going here and, and get a good finish and maybe creep into that chase with, uh, with the two weeks left. And get some momentum going to try to win the the championship. Um, next person that I have to watch is Travis White. He's a nice guy. I have no problem with him. So I don't mean no disrespect by saying this. But if you look at his finishes all year, it seemed a little inconsistent. Um, but on the flip side, he's been consistent enough to be in that last playoff spot. 
I believe when I look up his his stats, he would have like one really good um, finish and then like two not so good ones. If he could have a good finish here, maybe he could lock that last last spot up and keep Matt Cherry out of the chase. Um, and then my third racer is Nathan Maurer. Been real good all year long. Really, he only had four uh, races that he finished 10th or worse. So, I mean, that's pretty consistent, and that's a good consistent because when it comes to chase time, you know, I, I've been watching the past couple weeks, like uh, Elite Racing with uh, Scott Crump has been doing some truck series there. Um, even the, the Erska guys. Once this chase hits, you know, a lap car that might not be in the chase could accidentally take one of these chase drivers out. And with someone like Nathan Mauer, who is consistently up front, might not have to worry about, like, you know, 15th or 16th uh, placed truck uh, driver that may accidentally, you know, put him into the wall or something like that and ruin his championship uh, run. Um, and like I said earlier, he pretty much has ninth spot uh, locked down. I think he has, like, 100 points on the next person like the 10th spot so he's definitely going to be one not only to watch for michigan but heading into um this chase so those are my three drivers to watch for uh this coming friday 9 p.m eastern time over on 3y tv you you know go to youtube um they they're at the at michigan so like i said it should be a good race come say hi in the chat i'm always in the chat Try and get everybody, you know, have a good time. Bust on Garrett Gleason and his driving and his New York Giants who are going to get demolished, um, you know, this weekend with a third-string quarterback. Thank God. So this past weekend, Gardner Minshew started for the Philadelphia Eagles, which when we traded for him, I thought he should have had a better shot at going for the starting job and somehow Joe Flacco beat him out. I think that was a contract related type thing but is what it is. Um, Joe Flacco gets traded uh, a few weeks into the season to the Jets. Minshew gets elevated to number two quarterback. Jalen Hurts hurt his ankle last week against the Giants and all week said that he was going to be you know able to go this and that and I think pretty much the night before the game is when it kind of started coming out that Jalen Hurts was not going to be going and Gardner Minshew was going to get the, the carries uh, or the, you know, the, the start. <clears throat> and I liked it. He gets a bad rap. It just seems like he gets a bad rap when he was in Jacksonville. Oh, he's a check down guy. And this and that. You know what? I mean, look what the Buffalo Bills just did this past, uh, this past Monday. I understand... Before you all jump on me, I understand it was 40 mile an hour winds and it's very tough to pass. But they could have did check, check, uh, check downs if they wanted to. They didn't. And I think with this game, if you guys didn't catch it, he showed that he could do more than just check downs. You know, he was throwing 10, 15 yards downfield. He wasn't just doing no five yard dink and dunk plays. I mean, at one point, I think he was 14 for 14 or something before um, the, the incomplete pass he threw. He had like 133 QBR rating, 
you know, and he just seemed comfortable too. You know, there was a couple times he had to get, you know, had a scramble outside of the pocket, and he looked comfortable. Um, he got Dallas Goddard going. You know, after Dallas signed signed that extension, he just kind of he kind of plateaued. But Garner looked for him a lot. Um, I believe he had over 100 yards uh, receiving, eight or nine catches. You know, that's what you want to see out of a, a tight end who you're paying, you know, top five money. You know, you didn't want to pay Zach Ertz this money, who I still think is a better tight end than Dallas right now. Um, I think Goddard will eventually be better than Ertz. But he got him going. You know, Jalen Hurts, I don't know if he just doesn't look to him or him and, and Dallas aren't on the same page. It just seems like Dallas can't get going with Hurts in there. Uh, he also, you know, Quez Watkins had a few catches. Jesus, Jalen Rager even caught the ball. <laughs> I mean, that just kind of tells you, like, that shit, even Rager even was clicking. So, like, did, did Gardner have this... Uh, this magic to finally get this team to really click because let's face it Hertz has been struggled a little bit past couple games you know he definitely struggled against the Giants couldn't get the offense going I still blame the, the coaching staff a little bit you know but Hertz definitely got most of the blame and rightfully, rightfully so um, running game didn't miss a, a, a a beat with Mincho in there. I mean, Miles Sanders, first 100-yard game in I don't know how long. Um, so it just seemed like Minshew really had that offense going, and it was good to see. Which brings up the question after the bye, because the Eagles are on the bye this week, who should start, Minshew or Hurts? And the thing is, too, let's not forget there was reports coming out um, earlier in the week that Jeffrey Laurie and Howie Roseman are at odds about Hurts. Laurie still thinks he could develop into something, and Roseman thinks he he peaked. Which I hate Howie Roseman. I don't hate him. I hate's a strong word. I dislike Howie Roseman, but I kind of agree. You know, Hurts. I don't think is going to be. He's he's not going to be a Lamar Jackson or a Patrick Mahomes, even though Patrick Mahomes is kind of taking a step back now. But Hertz could be a good game manager in the right system. He needs that running game to complement him. He doesn't complement the running game. He helps. Keep those the, the defense honest from stacking eight man you know eight man in the box because he could do the ten to fifteen yard passes. When it gets a little deeper, that's when it kind of gets a little sketchy because they make some bad decisions. Just like again against the Giants, double coverage and you, you throw the ball into it. Gardner Minshew is more of a pocket passer. Can he run? Yeah, he showed he could run if needed. But he's more of a pocket passer. I really think Gardner Minshew has a, a higher ceiling than Hurts. 
Not saying Minshew's going to be a Tom Brady or even a Patrick Mahomes, but he could be good enough to carry a team here and there when needed. Hurts, I don't think, is that. I just don't think he is. That being said, I, I think you got to keep with Hurts. I think you got to stay with Hurts. You know, you know you're going to be taking a quarterback in the second or third round of next year's draft. You pretty much have the Colts' first-round draft pick locked down. I think I saw something that Wentz needs to, to play like eight more snaps or 16 more snaps or something like that to hit that 75% um, incentive thing to have the second-round pick turn into a first-round, which then you also have, I believe it was Miami's pick we got, and then ours. So we got three first-round draft picks. There's no real good quarterbacks coming out that are worth throwing three first-round draft picks at. But there's some good enough quarterbacks that could be developed. And when you have Gardner Minshew on the, uh, on the, the team here, who's still under a rookie contract, you know, pray that Hurts could play really good the rest of the year. You know, right now, technically... The season ended right now. Eagles are in the playoffs. If Hurts plays really well, you could get some good draft picks. Third round pick, maybe a fourth round. And fill some depth positions. And then have Gardner Minshew start next year. Show that he could play. Develop your backup quarterback, who you take in the second or third round to possibly be a starter someday for the team if Minshew doesn't work out. So that's why I I would start Hurts the rest of the season barring injury. Just hope that he plays well enough that he could get high draft picks. And if he doesn't, if if he plateaued for the season, you're still going to get something for him. You know, he's not a bad player. You know, he's not a, a Tim Tebow or, or um, Josh Rosen. You know, he's a good player. I just don't think he's a franchise-faced quarterback. And Gardner Minshew, with that charisma that he has showing up to the game in a, a Top Gun pilot suit, if he could hit his ceiling, if the ceiling's a little bit higher, he has yet to hit it, why not make him the face of the franchise? I mean, Philly, all Philly fans love him. Everybody will get behind him. The team loves him. Shit. I may even go buy a Gardner Minshew jersey tomorrow. Or even, maybe I'll get one of the Top Gun things that he wore and have Minshew on the back. But either way, Hertz is going to start the rest of the season. We know that's going to happen. Gardner Minshew show that he could be in Nick Foles if Hertz goes down once again. So this past week, Notre Dame found their new head coach, and it was Marcus Freeman, our defense coordinator, which I am ecstatic for. I'm so happy that they went with him, um, and the stories that are coming out about the hiring, about why he decided to stick around, 
it, it's just getting me pumped up already for next season. And you know they already have the uh, the schedule out for next year. Doesn't look that hard um, as of right now. In my opinion: Ohio State is the first game. That's going to be a tough game. Clemson we play later on this season. Depending on if Clemson bounces back or not, that could be a big game. You know, does Notre Dame finally get revenge? But as far as this hire, I like it on so many levels. This first point that I want to bring up and get right to is the fact that he didn't get hired because of... Well, I mean, he got hired because he's a good coach. Okay, you know, let's put that right there. But he got hired because kids wanted him as the head coach. They went in to the athletic director and said, we we want to play for Freeman. We want him as our head coach. Freeman came out and said, I got hired because of you guys. There's other, I think Sports Illustrated may have came out with the, the story that obviously not the whole team, you know, it's like 70 some kids, but a majority of the kids had an input of who they want a head coach. When Kelly left, Notre Dame wasn't going to even hire an interim coach. They weren't even going to label an interim coach. And a week later, Freeman's our guy. I like his energy. You know, the videos I've been seeing of him when he got uh, introduced to the team as the new head coach, he's young, he's energetic. I, I just, I think that's the way Notre Dame has to go. You think about the past couple of coaches before, you know, we had Coach Kelly, you know, past 12 years or whatever it was. Very somber, you know, uh, not high energy. Before him, you know, Ty Willingham, uh, Davies, Lou Holtz, you know, like all low, low energy. And with kids nowadays, these football players nowadays feed off that. You know, it shows that he's a player's coach to me. You know, he'll rip you apart if, if you mess up bad. But he'll also build you back up if you had a bad game and did everything you could. Um, other stories that came out, why I like this Freeman too, is he felt uh, disrespected that the way Kelly handled this whole situation, not even telling any of the coaches that he was thinking about leaving. He was trying to go behind the team's back, that's like Dreyer's back, to get these assistants. And all these assistants, Tommy Reese and all of them, told him, go pound sand up your ass. And now we're seeing Kelly's pass is finally catching up to him because now he lost his starting quarterback, entered the transfer portal. He lost a, I think it was a defense tackle who entered the transfer portal. He lost a, I think the eighth ranked uh, top 300 recruit because he came to LSU. No one wants to play for him now because they, they're all afraid. Once this starts going south, he's going to jump ship, which he's going to. He, he's shown it once before with Cincinnati. You know, maybe Notre Dame thought he would change his ways. And everybody's afraid now. So it's going to be a rough road for Kelly, and I, I'm, I'm happy for it. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it, too. Um, as far as Freeman, though, 
there's still one game left to play. We're playing Oklahoma State um, on New Year's Day in the Fiesta Bowl, I believe. If he could come out of there with a big win and have that as a stepping stone to go into next season, that's going to be a big boost for for this team. I am curious to see team-wise, offense, defense, how this goes. I mean, we see in the NFL when a head coach gets hired as... When you, I'm sorry. When you see a defense coordinator get hired as a head coach, the team is more worried about defense than offense and vice versa if an offensive-minded coach gets hired. So is he going to put more emphasis on the defense? Which I think would be okay because Tommy Reese has good offense. He showed... Even though he was doing the, the, the two-quarterback scheme thing, three-quarterback scheme thing, which I don't like, he showed it works. So if Freeman could just worry about the defense and get this young defense clicking again, you know, replace Kyle Hamilton because he's going to be gone with the NFL draft. Um, we may lose a defensive end, but who knows? Maybe Freeman could convince him to come back. If we could get a top... 5-10 defense even though we have a weak schedule next year I think it will be a, a good hire that we did and I'm, I'm just I, I just can't wait till next season to watch Freeman get his first well hopefully his second Notre Dame win and get inch closer to overtaking Coach Kelly as the winningest Notre Dame head coach Up next, we have our blue picks. Fourth and five. Jones steps up, takes off, he's in, touchdown! Third down and three. Jackson has all day. Looking deep for Hollywood Brown again. He's got it! Brown off to the races, and he stays on his feet. Touchdown! And here is your Blue Picks of the Week, brought to you by Skunk Duck Studios, the best ducking designs on the web. So that's right, we have our weekly Blue Picks. We are heading into week 13, I believe it. No, week 14 now. Um, had a good week last week, went 2-1. Give a little quick recap of my picks from last week. So my blowout picks, I had the Colts over the Texans, just blew them out. 31 nothing. Um, Texans had no answer for Jonathan Taylor. I think he has like four four more touchdowns or something. My lock pick, I had the Cardinals. They won uh, 33-22. Same thing. Had no answer for them. I think they played the Bears. He he got four total touchdowns, a passing, two passing and two rushing. And for my upset, I thought maybe the Broncos would uh, beat the Chiefs just because the Chiefs weren't playing that well all season. And still really haven't. I mean, they only won 22-9. Normally, that's a 45-9 game. So, but, hey, I still went 2-1. So, for this week's uh, blue uh, picks, for my blowout pick for this week, I have the Chargers over the Giants. Chargers are giving 10.5 points. Giants may be starting Jake Fromm. Uh, Daniel Jones is hurt. Mike Glennon has a uh, concussion. And I'll tell you what, if Jake Fromm starts... 
I mean, stranger things have happened. We've seen the Kurt Warner story. But I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, you know, Kurt Warner at least had Isaac Bruce, Tori Holt, and Marshall Falk around him. Uh, Shaquan Barkley could barely stay healthy. So this, this one might be ugly really soon. The only thing the Giants have going for them is that the Chargers have traded wins and losses in the past five games. Um, so that's my blowout pick is the Chargers. My lock pick is Tampa Bay over the Bills. Bills just lost to a team that passed three times. I know, I know, I know it was about the win and this and that, the other thing. You still could do screens. You still could do, you know, little check downs if needed. And yes, I know it's Bill Belichick, but I think Tom Brady's going to have a field day with this team. So that's that's my lock is uh, Tampa Bay over the Bills, who are getting three. My upset pick is the Jets over the Saints. Saints are just flat out spiraling. Ever since they lost Jameis Winston, it's just been downhill. And I think this is the time that Jets can capitalize and come away with the win. Um, Taysom Hill just flat out robbed the Saints with that contract. $95 million to basically basically just be a, a gimmick player. You're not a quarterback. You know, when you're in there and you got Jameis Winston or Drew Brees in there, okay, then you got to worry about, okay, is he going to run or is he going to pass? Now that they know there's no quarterback on the team, this team is done. And that's why I have uh, the Saints losing to the Jets, who are getting five. So... My picks, my blowout Chargers, lock pick is Tampa Bay, and my upset is the Jets over the Saints. Before we go, sticking with these picks, you know, they're not blue picks, but we have a big UFC card this Saturday, UFC 269, Charles Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier. And that's not the only championship fight. You have Amanda Nunez versus Juliana Pena. Um,. This is basically UFC's, you know, end of the year shebang. You know, they always put one last big card together, and this is it. Um, as far as the card, like I said, Charles Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier for the lightweight belt. Whoever wins that, maybe Conor McGregor gets a, another shot. We'll see. Uh, women's bantamweight, which is Amanda Nunez versus Julian Pena. That's for the belt as well. Then we have Jeff Neal versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. Hope I said that name right. <laughs> um, flyweight we have Kai Kara France versus Cody Gambert, and then the bantamweight uh, kicking off the the uh, card is Rulian Paivi versus Sean O'Malley. Getting right into it, you all know how I feel about Sean O'Malley. Even though he's starting to get a little cringe worthy there, I think Sean's going to pull it off. Um, yeah. He needs this win um, to help solidify getting a you know a ranked competition, get you know a top ten guy. We really you know a lot of us all thought, a lot of the fans thought three four years ago he would have been champ by now the way he was coming out swinging, and then unfortunately injuries and um, getting popped for PEDs, you know, kind of slowed that train a little bit. So. Take a little bit longer than normal, but hopefully a win here will help push that train a little farther. Uh, the fight between Kai, Kara France versus Cody. 
listen, Cody Cody is old. Um he's one of four his last five fights. I'm taking Cody just because I don't think he could beat the top tier guys anymore. Not not to put Kai down. But I, I don't see no uh no trouble with, with, with Kai um going towards Cody. Um then after that fight, we have Jeff Neal versus Santiago. This is Neal's toughest competition, in my opinion, in the you know in the last couple fights. But I'm going with Neal just because he has the, the knockout power. Um, Santiago basically either gets knocked out or knocks somebody out, and I think this time Neal knocks him out. As far as Amanda Nunez versus Julian Pena, Nunez hasn't fought in like a year, year and a half, and we all know how sometimes that ring rust kicks in just adopted or just had a baby a year ago we say we see how that affects family sometimes or fighters i should say um but with that said she's the goat you know knocked out cyborg knocked out everybody that comes through the only person that i would like to see and a lot of people want to see the rematch for is her versus valentino um, Valentina you know that, that second fight man that was close and split 50-50 on who thinks who won I think honestly I think Shavanko won but after this there's nothing else other than that fight so why not do that fight you win it retire you got you know you got nothing else to prove but as far as this one I think Nunez is going to make quick work of her and then the main event Charles Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier I'm going Dustin Poirier here. Oliveira is a very good fighter, but it just seems like the cards are finally coming the right way for Poirier. And he's talked about retirement and this and that, but I think if he wins this, he could set up a huge money fight with Conor McGregor for a trilogy. Yes, Conor, you know, broke his leg, but lost last fight. It was one-on-one. Why not? You know, go out swinging um so going with Dustin Poirier there it should be a hell of a card hopefully but we have seen sometimes that kind of flops when you get a lot of big names like this but hopefully it's not I think that's going to be it for us this week make sure you guys tune in Friday night over on YouTube 3YTV for the Stay Tuned Sports Podcast Truck Series um, you only got two races left before the chase, so this is when you really want to tune in because you're going to see a lot of good racing. Make sure you watch those three racers that I, I uh, named before. Head over to staytunesports.net for all our social media accounts. I, I always share the, the broadcast link for the, the truck series there as well. And the merch tab is up top. Christmas right around the corner. Get a hat, hoodie for your loved one, partner, whichever. Um, head over to www.buymeacoffee.com slash stsports to help show support for the show. Um, I appreciate everything you guys do for me and for the show. But till next week, it's your good friend Jimbo, signing out.